Good morning. Welcome to today's podcast. I am Apostle William B. Corrector, the presiding prelate of Discovered Being Ministry Incorporated. I am going to endeavor to bring enlightenment on a subject that is very sensitive and always in debate. That subject is tithing. On a couple of days ago, a few days ago, I had the opportunity to listen to two people discussing the issue of tithing. One said, why should I tithe to God? The other one said, well, it says so in the Bible. Well, the other one said, well, I, I, I don't see that and I don't know it. So it was obvious to me that he did not read the Bible and did not read Malachi chapter 3, verse 8. I am beginning to understand thoroughly now what God meant that my people perish for the lack of knowledge, even though the knowledge of the Lord covers the earth as the waters cover the sea. Let us go to the throne of grace and ask God through his Holy Spirit to enlighten our minds and our spirits that we may receive what is being said here today and that we might embark on instituting it into our lives. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word that became flesh and dwelt among us. We thank you for the word of those prophets, Lord God, and you still speaking today to your nations, to your people, through the mouth of your prophets. For the word of God says the Lord would surely do nothing, but he reveals his secrets to his servants, the prophets. I just want you to know today that what I am saying, I am being led by God's spirit to tell his people. And Father, I thank you and I praise you now for blessing this podcast in Jesus' name, amen. What does it mean to rob God? You can find that in Malachi chapter 3, verse 8. In the book of Malachi, Israel was charged with the offense of robbing God, such as we are doing today. Once again, the people of God has been faithless, breaking that covenant with the Lord. Hallelujah. Yet God's great love compelled him to offer his people one last chance to repent. Well, I thank God for repentance. From the days of your fathers, you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. God is addressing the Israelites at this time. They were not a nation at that time because they did not come a nation until 1948. Return to me and I will return to you, saith the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? This is Malachi speaking to Israel. In tithes and contributions. But in the King James Version, it says tithes 
and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Malachi chapter 3, verse 7 and 8. 7 through 9, excuse me. The idea of robbing God seems unconceivable. At first, Israel denied the charge. So hardened and cold had the nation grown that they were blind to the fact that they had abandoned their first love for the Lord. God then specifically explained that the people of Israel were robbing him by bringing only part of their tithes and offerings to the temple. In their tight-fisted, self-centered state, they were cheating God, failing to bring him the whole tithe and the required offerings into the temple, found in Malachi chapter 1, verse 14. The law mandates that a tithe or a tenth of the produce of the land be given to the Lord. As found in Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30, specific offerings were required as well. When people held back, when the people held back portions of the tithes and offerings for themselves, they were breaking the law and in effect, in effect robbing God. They were taking what belonged to God and using it for themselves. Many of us do that today. Israel was robbing God by not giving him what he was owed. So the Lord called the people to return to him and put him first. How many of us put money aside first to give to God out of our paychecks <laughs> and our lives? He said, bring... God promised to pour out most abundant blessings and favor on his children if they would respond to his love with open hearts. We are required to do that. Bring the whole tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Hallelujah. Test me on this, saith the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not Go open the front gates of heaven and pour you out such a blessing that you will not have room enough to receive it. I will prevent the pest, even what you plant. I will prevent the pest from devouring your crops and your vines in your field will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, said the Lord Almighty. As you know, God spoke to the people and what they were accustomed to doing and the occupations that they had at that time. Then all nations will call you blessed. Hallelujah. For God, for yours will be the delight, a delightful land, says the Lord God Almighty. You find that in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10 through 12. We are not under the Old Testament law today. We are not required to give a title as Israel was. However, it is still possible that we rob God when we don't give him what he is owed. Our wholehearted love, trust, obedience, service, and worship. 
Everything we have comes from him. We seem to forget that. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights. You find that in James chapter 1, verse 17. See also in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. We rob God when we are stingy with our time. Good God Almighty. If the preacher preached too long, oh boy, we got to get out of there. We can't stay there, and especially if it's cutting on our toes. Keeping it mostly for ourselves and neglecting to pray. A lot of us don't have prayer life. Worship, there's a difference between praying and worship. And serve the needs of others. Hallelujah. God deserves nothing less than the absolute best of our time, attention, obedience, devotion, and resources. Our wallets is only in one part of the equation. We owe the Lord our very lives. For you know, it was not with perishable things such as silver and gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors. Hallelujah. But with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. First Peter chapter 1, eight, verses 18 and 19. Our willingness to express the Lord's ownership in our lives through open-hearted, cheerful giving is the minimum that we can do. Lord have mercy. God loves this kind of generous worship. You find that in 2 Corinthians, New Testament, folks. Chapter 9, verse 7. As he did for Israel. God still holds, holds open the door for us to repent of our wayward, self-hearted devotion and to come into his presence, offering him our entire selves. How many have you done that today? How many have you left everything that you may gain Christ? To surrender our lives to God means to love and to trust him with all our hearts through intimate Daily fellowship, not just on Sunday, folks, every day. We are precious in his eyes, stated in Isaiah 43 and 4. He is always, he will always care for his children and never abandon us. I have been young and now I am old, yet I have not seen the righteous abandoned or his seed children begging bread. You know, David made that statement. I am, I am, I was young, but now I'm old. And he made that very statement. He's always generous, always lending, and his, and his children are a blessing. Found in Psalms chapter 37, verse 25 and 26. We can give freely to God, trusting that he will pour out more provision to meet our needs than we could ever imagine. A lot of us put God in a box every day. 
Lord, I don't know how. I can't do this and I can't do that. But yet you say you trust him. Huh? Hallelujah. Something is not right in that equation. Give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. But in the King James Version, it says bosom. Hallelujah. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Found in Luke chapter 6, verse 38. The surest safeguard against falling into sin, the sin of robbing God, is trusting in the Lord's limitless love and abandoning ourselves in wholehearted devotion to God. I pray that this podcast means something to you that it will enlighten you as you travel on this journey. You know, a lot of things that we do, we truly don't understand. As we talk about faith, James says, uh, faith without works are dead. We know a lot of things that we do, we do intentionally, and there are many things that we do that we don't know we are doing. That's why the Bible says the Holy Spirit makes groans that cannot be uttered for the things we know not to pray for. We need to adopt a new way of thinking by letting that mind of Christ be in us. Always willing to share the word of God. Always willing to devote our time to others. Always willing to go into the nursing homes and, 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 and to the prisons. I'm not just talking about the prisons uh, correctional system. I'm talking about pre- pre- prisons that lock up people's lives such as distraught and, and abuses and things of that nature. Things that we normally don't want to touch. Oh, we need a psychiatrist. We, we need somebody with a PhD. We need an MD. No, we need Jesus. We need to give God what is his. We need to honor him with our entire life. We don't hold anything. We don't own anything. A lot of people dying, leaving things back here. Some of them don't appreciate it. Some of them don't know that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And every inhabitant that dwells upon the land belongs to God. We don't have nothing. Naked we came into this world, and naked we shall leave. Well, Bishop, what this got to do with time? It has to do with giving God credit, honor, admiration, loyalty, steadfastness, devotion. We are to give that to God. We owe that to him. We are bought by a price. That price came through Christ. That price came through the blood of Jesus that was shed on Golgotha. Depending on what you read, Calvary. But nevertheless, we are required to deny ourselves and pick up our cross, the purpose that God has placed in our lives. We are to pick those things up and carry them. We want everybody to carry our burdens. We want everybody to carry our afflictions. But God said many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivered them out of them all. 
What a wonderful, what a magnificent, what a holy and divine God we serve. Yet, we rob him. We don't think about him until Sunday. We don't think about him until we're sick. And then, oh Lord, have mercy. Call on him while you're doing good. Call on him while everything is, is in chaos. Call on him when everything seems to be falling through. Because he is the one that upholds you. He is the one that deserves to be recognized, to be honored. Because he has glorified his son and set him down on the right hand side of him. So, to make intercession for a nation that don't even care. A world that has turned their back on him. So I say to you today, you can say, Mr. Wade, you preaching. Yes, I'm preaching. Because when I heard them squabbling over what they shouldn't, and I've heard people say, what should I do? Why should I give God something? He ain't done nothing for me. Huh? He made you in his image and in his likeness and breathed into your nostrils the breath of life. And he gave you a living soul. And that soul is going back to him one way or the other. You're going to go back blessed or you're going to go back cursed and head to the lake of fire. May God bless you. May he smile upon you. And may he give you peace. God bless.